Hello and welcome to the Travelling Through Podcast. I'm your host Emma and generally each week I'm out and about chatting to Londoners who love, live and work in this big and glorious city. It is also an excuse for me to reconnect with many of those who had a connection to my bookshop which sadly closed in June 2019. This is the first episode of 2022 so welcome and Happy New Year. Two days before New Year, I met up with Holly Wharton. Holly is an author, podcaster, a publishing strategist, a personal and business coach, a long-distance walker, an ultra-marathon runner, a lover of nature, and a trainee druid. Despite all these things going on in her life, I was able to bring her down to a slow enough walk-and-talk pace to podcast chat with her as we walked across the muddy paths of the North Down Way. Enjoy. Okay, everyone, welcome to the Travelling Through podcast, and I'm here today with Holly Wharton. Hello, Holly. Hello. I'm so excited. I've never done a walking podcast Have before. You not? No. Well, this is the, it's going to be a bit windy, so hopefully once we get into the, the forest bit, it'll be not so windy for us, but um, and we were lucky we caught in between the showers of this morning when it was pouring down, Yes. and the sun has come out for us, so we're very lucky. Um, and we've met at your proposed place, which yes. is... Denby's Hillside. Yes, yes. And I had a quick look in the map just because I just needed to orientate myself. <laughs> so as far as I could work out, Polesden, Lacey and National Trust to the north. Yes. And to the south, it's the Pilgrim Way, which is now the North Downs Way. Yes. And then if you can see right there, can you see that break in the hillside where there's kind of a tower-looking thing? Oh, yes. That's oh, yeah, Sleep yes. Hill Tower, and that's the highest point in southeast England. Is it? Yes. Okay. Because as I drove this way, usually I'm on foot or with my bicycle, but I borrowed some wheels to get here. <laughs> um, you come into what's known as Surrey's uh, area of outstanding yes. beauty. Oh, Surrey Hills, that's yes. right. Um, and it certainly is fantastic, isn't it? Yes, I love it here. I love it. There's so many trails. I mean, I walk out of my house and I can go in any direction and I've got trails. Wonderful. And is the, um, the North Downs Way your influence for, for walking or your love of walking? That's a, good, that's a really good question. Um, I've never walked the entirety of the North Downs Way. This is kind of my running grounds. Okay. And it was my walking grounds when I first moved to Dorking because we're only... I mean, from my house, I'm only maybe less than a half an hour to this trail. Probably okay. more like 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I do a lot of running and, and walking here, but I've never hiked the, or, or run the entire thing. Okay. Next year, however, I will be running the oh North Downs Way 100, oh which is a 100-mile race that goes along the North Downs Way. Crikey. And is that, that's a continuous race. Yes. So how long would that take you? Well, there's a cutoff time of 30 hours, so hopefully it will take me less than 30 hours. Yes, and hopefully it's not like this underfoot where it's muddy and mushy, because that would be extremely difficult yes. to run in. It's in August, and my husband actually attempted it last year, but the weather was terrible. It's about oh, no. like what it was this morning, except oh, really? in August, and the trail was worse than this. Oh, gosh. So many people did not finish that race. Oh, I'm not surprised. I'm, it was... Ended up it was incredible. It was like 40% DNF'd. Yeah, yeah, yes. Did your husband finish? No, he did not. He did 100 kilometers and then we were in the middle of the night and he had a lot of back pain, probably from sliding around the trail all day. Yeah. And he decided not to go on. Yes, yeah. Very wise. Put it off, to, <laughs> put it off for another year. Yes. Is life really worth it? You know? <laughs> well, it comes to a point where, you know, you've got to decide. Yes. Uh, Sorry, how much do I want to do this? All right. Perfect. 
So we just come through a, a, a gate, a kissing gate, as <laughs> yes. they call it, <laughs> with wires attached. Yeah. Anyway, we, we survived that. <laughs> I don't think there'll be any more for a while. So we're good. <laughs> but Holly, just to introduce you to my listeners, yes. to the podcast listeners, um, you are an author. Yes. And you're a a publishing strategist yes you're also a podcaster yes um and and and, a, and an author of many books in yes. fact 25 25 ish. books yeah. okay that's a lot of books so you've been very prolific on, yes. the, on the writing front which yes. we will discuss as we walk and talk um but you're also into trail running yes um, ultra marathon yes. running. I think it's probably different, isn't it, to trail running? Well, most ultra marathons are on trails, so you kind of combine the two. Okay, all right. And then um, walking, obviously. Yes. And you're also a member of the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids, yes. which I think is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> but in some way, when I was finding out about you, I just have a little Google about you. Um, <laughs> I realise that there are a lot of connections between everything that you yeah. that you do. Yeah. So let's start with we've come into into the woods now. Yes. And I know around here there are meant to be ancient woods, but I don't know whether that's just on the Polesden Lacey side there's an ancient wood. Yeah, that's that's a very good question. So towards that way, as you say, towards Polesden Lacey, near uh, West Humble, there's an old woodland of yews that's called Druid's Grove. Okay. Um, and it's got lots of lots of ancient yews in there. Box Hill also has a lot of yews, so... Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're all part of the National Trust yes. ground, aren't yes. they? So this is, for some of the listeners who may be from overseas, this is um, parts of, of land that have been bought or acquired to or donated yes. to the National Trust to keep it safe and keep it as areas of outstanding beauty really yes. protection yes. protecting it and actually Beatrix Potter who was one of the first to really influence oh. influence the National Trust and because she um she bought a number of farms up in the Lake District oh, nice. area and that's how I believe it all yeah. it all began I love the National Trust they have a lot of properties don't they yes yes so thankfully because it means they're under our protection or well, under protection yes. from developments and um especially when you've got a lot of ancient woods and, yes. and uh, parks and hillsides. Yes. But um, so where are we walking today? We're walking along the North Downs. So we're walking along the North Downs way westward. Which used to be part, as I read also, mm. part of the Pilgrim's Way. Yes, so a lot of the Pilgrim's Way kind of coincides with the North Downs Way. Not all of it, but a lot of it, especially in this area. Okay. And something also I realised, we might just have to slow down because... Yes. <laughs> One thing I realised was that the way we met had a connection to the bookshop when I had the bookshop. Ah. And that was we both were on a similar walk that was organised by Adam Wells. Were we? Yeah, so, and that was oh, a walk wow. when I. Th- it was back in 2015, yep. which I think was when you were about to do a long-distance walk yes, somewhere. Yes, that South Downs Way, my first long-distance walk. Yes. And how did that go? Well, <laughs> that was the source of my first walking book. Um, it went really well, but it was also more challenging than I'd anticipated. Um, yeah, I, it was my first time of hiking with a big backpack, and I don't 
like I was carrying too much, but I just, I hadn't trained with a big pack on. Okay. Um, so I just, like, my feet hurt all the time. And there were, there were some ups and downs. There were some tears. There were lots of blisters. And were you camping outside? No, no. Yeah. I was staying at B&Bs. I was doing okay. it the nice and easy way. Yes. Um, and still, it was a bit more challenging than I expected. So I, I re-walked the trail in, 20, in 2020? 20, yes, I think so. Okay. Or 2019. I don't know. Before, about, five, about five years later, I rewalked it, yes. and um, it was a totally different experience. Was it? Because you've <laughs> because since... I have experience. Yes. You know, I know to take breaks more often. I know that I don't need to rush to get to my my B and B in the afternoon. Yeah. I just I just knew how to handle myself better. And did you carry a lot less because of? No, not really. Yeah. I think I was pretty good with my packing from the first time. Okay. Yeah. And what was it? What is it about walking a trail that attracts you to to do this and to do this alone? Also, uh, I would say it's really nice to walk a trail to completion from point to point. It's just it's very satisfying. Yes. And it's just it's a nice. I mean, we live in such a small country. <laughs> the trails are really accessible. Yes. You know, it's not like the United States where you, you have to walk like six months if you want to do an entirety of a trail. So yeah, yeah, I just yes. think we're very blessed here with, with the variety of trails and, and also the length. It's very accessible to a lot of people. I, I just find it really satisfying to walk a nice long distance trail. And are you um, an all-weather walker or are you a yes. fair-weather walker? No, I used to be a fair-weather walker and then I realized that my problem was just that I didn't have the right clothing for wind and rain and yeah. cold. And so I just started buying gear that would get me through the winter. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I am now an all-weather walker. An all-weather walker. And an all-weather camper because I've started camping every month. Okay. And my plan is to kind of camp at least once a month throughout the year. Yes. So we shall see. And when you go camping, where do you, do you wild camp or do you go no. to a campsite? I have gone wild camping, but usually when I do my monthly camp, I go to a campsite, mm-hmm. which in the winter is deliciously empty. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> no one else seems to like to go camping in the no. winter. <laughs> um, it's just been, it's kind of been my survival thing for this COVID year that seems to never end, you know? Mm. Mental health has been a bit shaky this year. I've been really stressed, lots of anxiety. So it's kind of my thing that gets me through Does it? It's life. Just, just... Yeah, like I'll go to the library before and I get a stack of library books. And I just sit by my campsite and read, nice. go for a run yes. for about an hour or two, come back, take a shower, read some more. <laughs> so you basically, you, you just transfer your bricks and mortar home yes. to being a, a, a home of a tarpaulin or whatever yes, yes. it is uh, for a few days. Yes, and it's so nice to just be outdoors, even if I'm not doing much. Yes. It's just nice to relax in the outdoors because I'm so used to either running or hiking or walking or doing things in the outdoors and it's nice to just sit in the outdoors yeah, you yeah, know yes. it's a very different experience because some people i'd say me included when when you're new to camping yes and all the sounds that you hear yes. particularly at night they can cause anxiety in themselves <laughs> do they cause you anxiety no they don't i mean i think since i'm in a campground even though i'm pretty much the only person there, I feel safe. Yes. Um, I mean, in terms of people sounds, I feel safe. And in terms of animal sounds, I've done a lot of outdoors classes and, and wildlife classes. So I, I kind of know the sounds the different animals make. Yes. So if I hear something at three o'clock in the morning, 
snuffling outside of my tent, you know, I can kind of identify guess what it. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's and a, I, um... and I think we're also very, very lucky in this country that we're very safe in terms of animals. Yes. We don't have we don't have bears, we don't have mountain lions. Snakes. Yeah. Well, we do have snakes, but not We do, but they're they're not aggressive. I mean they're not gonna come into my tent at night. So I I feel pretty safe. Yes. Compare this to where you were brought up in California. Did you camp at all when you were a child no, or growing never. up? Never. Never. My parents never took me camping as a child. The only time I ever went camping in California was when I was in university. A bunch of friends who, were, who had grown up camping. Um, I went camping with them once. Uh, hired a sleeping bag from, from the university. They had this outdoor shop where you could just rent things. Yes. Um, and I loved it. It was great. We, we went to a campsite. I'd never done that before. I slept without a tent, just under the stars. It was great weather. Oh, beautiful. It was just really lovely. Yes. Yeah. But then I never did it again mm -hmm. until I moved here. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just, um, your life took you in, took me in a different, in a different direction. direction. Yeah, absolutely. And you spent time in South America as well, and, yes. and Central America too, yes. in Costa Rica. And yes, in Mexico, Mexico for eight years, Argentina for five years, Spain for a year, Costa Rica for several months. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. was all for work, or what um, took you to those places? So it started out being for school. So I studied abroad in Spain for a year when I was in university. Okay. And then when I was in graduate school getting my master's, which I never finished, I studied abroad <laughs> in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And then in between my bachelor's degree and my master's, I went to Costa Rica to teach English. Okay. And then moved back to Mexico, which is where I started my first business with a business partner. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we moved down to Argentina. Okay, and the, and the business was in... Eco-hotels. Interesting, oh yeah. my goodness. You're so like very was... rustic huts on the beach. Wow, <laughs> fantastic. And was that a successful enterprise? Oh, it was. It was also very difficult running a business like that in Mexico. Yeah. Very stressful. Where, where were you in Mexico, right on the coast? Yes. Or? Beautiful. So I was in Tulum, which has changed a lot since then. Yeah. So this was from... 1999 to 2008. Okay. Um, 2009. Yeah, 2009. 1999 to 2009. So it's yeah. a decade. Yes. Um, and it was gorgeous because this was, I don't know what Tulum is like now, but I know it's changed a lot. There was no electricity, no running water. We had to get water trucked in every day. Oh my goodness. Um, we had to get ice for the ice chests. Uh, where did that dog come from? <laughs> it's in a hurry. Um, and yeah, I mean, had candles at night, you know, oh. if you wanted to read a book, you had to light a bunch of candles. Yes. It was, it was really lovely because it was in the jungle by the sea. So you had the greenness of all the jungle, the lush palm trees, and then you had the sea. So it was a really nice combination. Yeah, yeah. It's not a place I've been to, but it's on the list to try and get there possibly this year, well, not this year, because yeah. there's only two days left, but 2022. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I hear it has become very popular yes. and uh, as a place, as a destination, yes. not just to holiday in, but actually to live in, yes, particularly yes. amongst the kind of bohemians. Yes, yes, artists yes, very and, much. Yeah, yes. So the difficulty of running a business or the stress of running a business, which I know all about, all about <laughs> um, obviously it has its fantastic moments but in the end you decided to wind that up did you uh so yes yeah, so i split from my business partner he's still running the business um, in tulum yes oh, okay yeah yeah so it's still going i'm just not 
participating. Okay. Yeah, and then in 2010, I moved here mm -hmm. and completely rebooted my life. Wow. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's quite a brave thing to do, to come to somewhere so very different. Yes. And unpredictable weather-wise. <laughs> and yeah. culturally very different, too. But probably not well, so much from compared to America. Uh, yeah, no, on the contrary, I think... I mean, I was speaking English for the first time in like 14 years. That was that was so fantastic because yeah. I'm fluent in Spanish. You know, I speak it every day at home with my husband, but it's not the same as speaking your your native language. Yes. And so when I, I came here, it was like I kind of bloomed. It was like I could fully function in my native language. Right. Yes, the language is different. It's not American English. Obviously, it's different, yes. but, but it's similar enough. And the culture is much... Well, I hate to say this, but it's it's certainly closer to American culture than Argentinian culture or Mexican culture or Costa Rica. Like yeah. so, so there was there were certain familiar things. It was like a new phase of my life where I just kind of blossomed, and I trained as a coach, and I started doing um, Toastmasters, which is where I met Adam. Yes. And um, yeah, it was like I started doing all these personal growth things and. I don't know, life just kind of went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here you, you feel very settled now, or do you still yes. have the, uh, the idea to go back to California no. one day? I renounced my US citizenship a couple of years ago, so oh, that's no longer an option okay. for me. So, I am a British citizen, 100%. Okay, well, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's no going back now. <laughs> well, it's very nice to see that, that uh, it's you that's introducing me to the North Downs way, yes. you know? So, things that I should know about myself. But um, I, the South Downs way is actually quite close oh, to my, where my mother is, and um, so on our doorstep there, which is beautiful. Going from, I think it's oh, West. Such a nice area. East Dean, and then mm -hmm. you're walking over the, the chalk yes. hills there. That's so mad. Right by the coast. Yeah. Right by the edge of yes. England, really. Yes. So becoming a coach. Yes. And um, getting involved with people on a more of a spiritual level. Yes. What took you particularly in that direction? Was it a combination of walking and getting into nature and re recognizing? that was the key to how you could communicate with people or, or was it that's a good question so when i moved here um i had no, i had no job i had no business i had nothing and my husband was the same like we just burned all our bridges and moved here okay um and he is he from mexico he's from argentina he's from argentina okay yeah so i was trying to get a job as like a marketing manager i my, my background was in online marketing for the hospitality industry so it was like but I'd always been self-employed, so how did I get a job in that? And I didn't know what to do. And I started blogging. I'd been blogging for a few years. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't know what to do. And then I was chatting with a friend and she said, oh, but you're really good with like helping people. You could be like a mentor. And I hadn't, you know, I'd come from Latin America where coaching wasn't a thing yet. And so I didn't know, like I didn't have the language to think, oh, I want to be a coach. Okay. Somehow after much Googling, I discovered this concept of coaching. Yes. And I trained as a coach and just, loved it and it's kind of served as the foundation for everything that i've done since then because i've helped people with business coaching and business mindset coaching and publishing coaching but but also when i write my books about walking and adventures the kind of the underpinning theme is like how is this changing your life how is this going to help you what are you going to get out of it mm -hmm. so it's definitely given me skills that have, have helped everything that i do yeah, yeah yeah yes so the kind of people that are attracted 
to, to your form of coaching, yeah. are, are they very outdoorsy people already? Well, I mean, or are you introducing them to nature as you, as you coach them? So I'm not really doing the coaching anymore. It was something that I was doing for a while, but more business coaching. Okay. But who knows? If, I mean, like, I love coaching and I love just like <laughs> asking people questions and I love like the open and curious and getting to know them and helping them get clarity. So I feel like it's going to come back into yes. my life at some point or into my business. But at the moment, I'm not officially coaching. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I think that's it, in terms of what's been happening over the last couple of years with people moving away from working in offices yes. and working by themselves yes. and so much almost downtime with yes. themselves and with that can open many um, many doors down dark passages yes. <laughs> uh, and, and yes. the skeletons start shaking around and and because you before you're so busy commuting mm, and, doing, mm, and mm -hmm. you're on the hamster wheel of yep. da, 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 that you actually have no time to, to think yeah. to, and, and it's interesting I think a lot of people are dealing with mental health issues Absolutely. because of that because mm. suddenly they're confronted with things that they've yep. pushed in a cupboard and either mentally blocked or because they're so busy they just said oh, yeah. thought, oh well I'll deal with that yeah at some other time when I have time <laughs> and uh, therefore I think the sort of uh, the whole idea of of um, coaching and it will probably take on yeah in a different way as yeah, well yeah I think so I think so because coaching is really great it's just, you know, someone, a professional who knows how to ask questions, <laughs> yeah. really. But, but in asking those questions, they can help you get clarity on what it is that you want. Because I think it's so easy to get focused on what you don't want. Like, I don't want this job. I don't want this partner. I don't want this. I don't want this. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. But it can be hard to stop thinking about what you don't want and yeah. shift your vision towards what you do want. Yeah, yes. Um, so a lot of the mindset coaching that I did was about that. Okay. What do you want instead of what you have? Yeah. And I think getting back to long distance walking, that's another thing that you get is time and space to be with yourself. Definitely. To see what comes up to light. Yes. And hours to reflect on it. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. But I've done long distance walking. I've never long distance walked by myself, ah. although I may spend the day walking yep, yep. myself. Um, I'm normally either with friends or with a yeah. partner, my partner and he's walking and I walk and we walk separately yeah. and then we That's come nice. back together. But I find, you know, people say, this is a great time, Emma, to, to reflect, to think. And I find when, <laughs> when I'm walking, my mind's a total blank. Yeah. Nothing, nothing yeah. comes into it at yeah. all. And I'm always amazed by well, these people too. having these revelations. <laughs> Uh, there's clearly nothing going on in my head <laughs> even though I know I have some major things I need to resolve and maybe you just need more walking <laughs> perhaps I haven't walked far enough yes exactly that's what it is. but that's um, also nice too to be in that space where not much is going on it's almost like meditating sure maybe that is what it is mm. well I love that fact of being so in nature and yes. just observing what's going on around yes. me um, sometimes there's absolutely nothing going on around, <laughs> but, uh, but other times you're aware just of the, the small, like the ants or the, yes. the textures of the tree yes. trunks or whatever it is. And the differences, you, you're looking at comparisons between how it is here in the UK. Yeah. And for me, well, generally a lot of my walking has been in Spain. abroad. Yes, yeah. in Spain and Portugal. Oh, nice. So, but so that's this whole idea of being in nature, Holly, and your connection to nature yes. led you to write the book 
if the trees could talk. Yes. If I've got that right if in the trees title. Could talk, yes. Trees could talk. Yes. How did that come about? Oh, that was a complete departure from everything I had done before. Um, so I was on this forest bathing meetup, and I'd never done forest bathing before. So horse bathing. Forest bathing. Oh, forest bathing. <laughs> horse bathing. <laughs> I, I'm not familiar with that, but I'm sure that's in. fun too. <laughs> Forest bathing, yes, um, which is where you go into nature and you slow down, and you walk really slowly, and in silence, and you listen, and you smell, and you taste, if you can taste. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you kind of connect to the forest with all your senses. So towards the end, we were up on Newlands Corner, which is on the North Dance Way, but further that way. Yes. We were in this yew grove, and they said, pick a yew tree. And the second she said that, this yew tree kind of popped out and I was like, oh, that's, that's mine. And so I went over to it and I'd already been communicating with trees before then. So this wasn't a shock to me that it spoke to me, mm -hmm. um, but it said, you know, you're working on this book and it's not going well, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> um, we have an idea for a book that would be really easy for you to write. And he said, trees have stories and people need to hear our stories and you could write this book. And I was like, oh, that sounds really exciting. And I remember coming home and telling my husband, I was like, this is a great idea. I can collect the stories of trees and put it in a book. And it was the middle of winter at the time. I think it was like January. <laughs> so I waited until... How did your husband react to this oh, idea? He thought it was great. He's he very supportive of all my yes, weird things. So. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. And he actually ended up translating my book into Spanish. So, he, so now he really feels connected with the trees. Right. Right, right. So we started working on the book in springtime. Mm -hmm. And at the start, I had no idea what to expect. I was like, are they going to give me like fairy tales? What is this going to be? And it wasn't. It was all kind of personal development stuff. It was like how to connect with nature so you can connect with yourself. Yes, yes. So each tree had kind of a different message and a different little exercise you could do with the trees whether it's like feeling the energy of the tree or one tree talked about how you can give your worries to the trees, mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So it was really interesting. So I collected stories of 28 trees. Yes, it all in a, in, in a particular area. So a lot of them here in Surrey. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them near the Avebury area because I love Avebury and I spent a yes. lot, lot of time there. With the standing stones yes. of Avebury, yes. yes. And a couple of them in Somerset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but mostly, mostly Surrey. Okay. Yeah. And were you drawn to particular types of tree? And did you actually know what these trees were? Did, were you already familiar or did you have to go and find out what tree you were I knew, going up to? I knew what a lot of them were, but some of them I wasn't sure. So there's a Norway maple back behind us that was one of the first trees in the book. And... Um, I wasn't sure whether it was a sycamore or a Norway maple. So I had to do some research for that. And there were a couple of other trees that I had to ask about. But, um, but there were, a lot of them were just kind of yew, which is very easy yes, to recognize. Yeah. Oak, which is easy to recognize. Lots of sycamores. Hawthorne, which is easy. Yes. So and yeah. is there one that we'll be walking past that's a favorite of yours? We won't be walking past one today, but near where we started was one of the ones that was talking about how you can use the trees to to take your worries. Was that the oak tree that you Yes, pointed? the oak tree that I Maybe pointed we'll, out. Maybe yes. we walk back that way. Yes. So we'll go and um, say hello to us yes. on the... Uh... See if it has a message for us. <laughs> yes. 
So having written the book, yeah. I know it got quite a lot of reaction and yeah. you did a few TV yeah. broadcasts and you yes. were with Bill Bailey, yes, you did a yes. little thing with him. And has it run its course? Do you find people still wanting to connect to you to say, yeah. take me on a, on a tree walk? And Well, no, I haven't had that so much, but I've had a lot of people, because the book sells to people all over the world, not just here. Of course, yes. Um, but I've had a lot of people contact me and say, you know, thank you so much for writing this book. Um, should we go up or down? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit boggy, isn't it? Um, oh, sorry, you're right. Yeah, 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 it's good. <laughs> um, so I've had people contact me and say, you know, I, I didn't know this was a thing. Like, I've heard the trees before, but I thought it was just me. You know, thank you so much for writing this so I know I'm not crazy. Um, things like that. So people who are interested in learning more about yes. this, they can find your book on your website, yeah. obviously, and we'll give them all the details at the end here. Yeah. And apart from the trees, mm -hmm. you also have written quite a few self-help guides, like how to connect with yourself and yeah, nature yeah, and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has that, that's all, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> we both tumble down the yeah. hillside, whoops. Were those all spin-offs, as it were, of your tree No, those were spin-offs from the podcast, actually. Ah. I did a series of five short reads books. Yes. Which are just e-books, I haven't done paperbacks. They were spin-offs from podcast episodes. Okay because I was experimenting with really short books designed to be read in about a half an hour where people can just kind of get some ideas on how they can change their life yes. without getting bogged down and reading hundreds of pages. Okay. You know, just read this thing, get inspired, try something new, and then go do it. Right. And this is all within the Into the Woods podcast? Yes. Okay. Yes. And this is from a year or so ago? Yeah, those books were from last summer, I think. Okay. And did you then podcast interview with a number of people who'd read it and you had a discussion about it or how did... Ah, uh, the books? Yeah. No, so the podcast, I, so what I did was solo episodes for the podcast, yes. which were then turned into books. Okay. okay. Hello. There's quite a lot of people out today, yeah. isn't it? Considering oh, Good to see um, people out. I know. Still walking off their turkey. Ooh. Whoops! <laughs> Still walking off their turkey, I think. I think so. <laughs> so, Holly, as well as... Oh, it's, I've got um, some shooting today. Yeah. <laughs> Grouse shooting or whatever. Yeah. Hello there. So as, as well as all of these different activities, you have become a member of... Obod. Obod. Yes. Is it Obod? Or? Yes, Obod. Yes. The Order of Bards, Ovates and Druids. And how... I mean, I had a look at their website. Yes. Um, as I know, I have to admit, I know very little <laughs> about the world of bards, o ovates and, and, <laughs> and druids. In fact, what drew you into, into this mm. world? Because I, I mean, I can see the connection having looked yes. at the website about being more in touch with nature. Yes. Um, but there's more to it than just that, obviously. Yeah, well, it makes sense now, but at the time I wasn't quite sure what I was doing. Um, so higher, I'd been, it? yeah, let's go higher. Whoops. <laughs> 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 so I was in a, whoop, I was in a spiritual group for about 12 years, a Sufi group, mm -hmm. and feeling like, like I was happy with the group, but I felt like I needed something more. I felt like I needed something nature-based. I felt like I needed something to kind of explain the spiritual connection that I felt with nature. Yes. But I didn't know what that was. So I was Googling like pagan stuff and talking to friends and had no idea. And somehow just kept coming across the word druid. Mm -hmm. Like it kept popping up, not even when I was researching, just 
randomly. Yes. And it kind of had the zing to it. Like it was kind of like, pay attention, look into this. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a part of my brain that was like, this is what you need to look at. And finally, I was reading these novels um, by this New Zealand author mm -hmm. called Juliette Marillier, who writes uh, historical fantasy. Yes. And I had just fallen in love with her books. And I was like, who is this woman? How have I never heard of her before? Like, how am I just now discovering this? And when I read her bio, at the end of her bio, it said that she was a member of the Druid Order Oban. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of this. But when I went and found other website, I yeah. realized I had been on their website before. Ah. But somehow it hadn't, registered. I don't know, it hadn't registered. Mm. And this time I was looking at it and I was like, here's how you become a member and here's how you start studying uh, with them. And I just, I clicked and I bought the program and started the Bardic grade. And it was exactly what I needed. So how far into it are you at, at this stage? So I finished the Bardic grade in about a year. And I'm in the Ovate grade now. Okay. Yes. And so it's a graded learning process. Yes. To, to Druid or Druidress. Druid, Druidess. Yeah, yes. Or just Druid. Both. <laughs> both. I think people use both. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of three phases, Bard, Bardic phase, the Ovate yeah. grade and the Druid grade. Okay. And I was quite interested to learn that there's actually traditions that have come from the west coast of Ireland, from mm. Cornwall, mm -hmm. the west coast of France, particularly yes. Breton region. Yes and how they've culminated in almost a resurgence of, of yes. wanting to understand yes. that time of mm. druidry, yes. that's the right word to use, even though it's different to a similar idea of, for example, with the Aborigines and dream yeah. time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It hasn't been passed down in time verbally. You, yeah. It's had to be rediscovered in a way. Exactly. Well, sadly, when the Romans came, I mean, this, this is a modern version of what we suppose the ancient spirituality of this land was for yes. thousands of years. And then came the Romans with the Christianity and kind of pushed everything underground. Yes. And so we don't, you know, we don't have that lineage. It was broken. Yes. Or it just hasn't, we don't have records of it. Yes. It wasn't safe. So yeah, this is a reimagining of what it might have been like, adapted for modern times. And do you celebrate the, the summer solstice and the winter solstice and go to Avery or to um, I or another do sacred site? a private ceremony myself, kind of here in the local land. Yes. Sometimes I'll go to Avebury. Avebury is really one of my favourite places in the world. Is it? Yeah, yeah I love it. And is it something that's very much interesting to young and old people at the moment? I mean, it's who's been attracted to it? To Druidry or to... Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So Obad has two gatherings a year, the summer gathering and the winter gathering. But of course, we haven't met up for two years because of COVID. Yes. But I would say there's a mix of ages, but I would say more people in their 40s, 50s and 60s than there are young people. Okay. But that's just people who go to the gatherings. Yes. So I don't know who's studying quietly at home. Yes, yes. That might not be able to travel to England because there are members all over the world. Right. And is this something that you would feel you would want to connect with people from other places when you travel? Oh, that's a good question. Having not been out of the country in the last two years, yes. <laughs> it's so well, hard I to mean, conceive it, the concept of travel. <laughs> I mean, it's whether, whoops, it's whether it's one of these things where you feel it very yeah. personally with nature and it's between it's just between you and nature or, or is it yeah. something about the community of it that makes it um, uh, important for people you? People always joke that Obad is a community made up of people who don't like community <laughs> and want to be alone. Okay. <laughs> so people really enjoy it when we do come together and I do enjoy going to gatherings but 
but the rest of the year I tend to kind of just do my own thing on my own. Yes. Like I really like that we have that self-study aspect of the, the courses and if you do want to meet up with people you can. Yes, yes. Okay. So the whole practice of Druidry, yes. how is that influencing you and how you see the world now? Ooh, that's a really good question. I think it's connected me more to kind of the old folk tales and the spiritual stories that are very nature-based. And, you know, we learn about different sacred sites and ancient sites. And I just feel more, I don't know, like I have more of a framework to understand this deep connection that I feel with nature because it's, it's not just like, oh, I like being outdoors, I like going on walks, I like the trees. It's, it, it just really feeds my soul and I just feel this, this connection that's just very deep. And I wonder if that is because of your familiarity and love of British nature yes, yes. and the world that's, that surrounds yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. Rather than, I mean, I wonder whether if you now went to California, mm and were in nature there, how you would react yeah. to that, or whether it would be, you'd have the same connection? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I did like to go hiking a lot when I was in high school. I lived right down the street from the state park, which was this mountain, um, and I liked it. But ever since I moved to this country, I'd never been to England before I moved here, mm -hmm. but ever since I moved here, I just feel a connection to the land. Yes that I can't really explain. <laughs> but maybe that's why the Druidry came about, yeah. because it's very much about... Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's not so much about Surrey, but it's, yeah. about, <laughs> it's about, as far as I understand, it's from my little Google, uh, <laughs> that it's more of the Cornish country. I mean, obviously, mm. a lot of the British countryside is, is similar in many ways, but although very different in others. Yes. Um, but it's, it's because of this region mm. that it's... Yeah. It, it is very um, geographically centred. Yes. Even though people may be Druids around the world. Yes. It was kind of born in these lands. Yeah. 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 That's fascinating. So for next year, 2022, yes. what do you have in mind going forward? Can you envision where you want to, to be? I mean, I, I, I noticed that you have another book out, yeah. which is to do with helping you plan your year, not, yes, not in yes. the sense of a timetable, but yes, yes. but in terms of setting yourself, envisioning your year, yes. envisioning your year, and, yes. and also this idea of the staycation where you have a set project yes. and are able to focus on just one thing. Yes. And has that happened or been influenced by the fact that you've needed that for you? Yeah. So the the workations happened quite by accident. Um, I was travelling to Cardiff for this course and I arrived a day early. Yeah. And, um, Hello there. Hiya. Hiya. pulled up my computer, just get some work done. And I got through my inbox in record time. Like it was, it was amazing. Like my, my level of focus was just off the charts. Okay. And so I thought, oh, I wonder if I tried this again. There's a big group there. Yeah. Hi, dogs and our... Hello there. Hi. 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 <laughs> so I booked a hotel for the following month just to get some work done. And the same thing happened. It was like, amazing levels of focus yes and i just blasted through whatever project it was i brought with me and so i started doing monthly workation to work on creative projects yes usually a book uh, sometimes one time i redid my entire website that kind of thing yes so that that's my workations 
And then the year you want, which is the, the kind of journal workbook that you mentioned, mm -hmm. um, that just came out of my own process that I use every year to try to envision what I want to experience in the coming year. To kind of evaluate what, what the current year has been like, what was good, what was not, and how do I want to change things? Yes. And what do I want to experience in the new year? Okay. And this is something that you start on the 1st of January, or do you <laughs> find yourself in this period of rest and recuperation that, that many people have to have around, around this festive period, whether it's festive yes. for some and, and it's not for others, but yeah. it's the fact it's a holiday period, yeah. that, that it's a chance to reevaluate, or is it your time just to just rest your mind and not even think about it? So usually, interestingly, I tend to do it around October. Okay. So the end of October is Samhain, which is the pagan new year. Okay. And just energetically, I tend to feel around that time of year about wrapping things up and planning the new year. This year, however, I'm very much in kind of the recovery phase. Like, I feel like I've just spent the holidays resting, reading, and not quite yet ready to envision next year. Okay. So I have some plans. Yes. I have some big events and things, but um, I don't have the details planned. <laughs> My birthday is in January oh, and I find because it's so close to Christmas and then New Year and everything, for me, my New Year actually doesn't begin until after my birthday. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's when I start to see mm. the year progressing. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's not related to any other calendar except yep. for my birth calendar, yep. I suppose. But um, I wonder whether it would be same, the same for somebody mm. born in May or June, mm. or maybe it is, I don't know. But well, I think I can... it can be. I think it just depends on how you see the year. I think the birthday is, I mean, it's another rotation around the sun, and it, it is a new year for you. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it can be. Well, we're very lucky. The wind has stopped totally, oh, isn't yes. it? It's like a completely different day to this yes, morning. It, is. <laughs> it was stormy and completely horrible. <laughs> and it's dry, it's not raining. Yes, it's <laughs> fantastic. So how often do you go out walking long distance? Not as much as I would like. Yeah. Um, so the last time I did a long distance trail was when I walked the Ridgeway for the second time last year in September. And the Ridgeway runs from? It runs from Avebury in the west to Ivinghoe Beacon in the east, up in the Chilterns. Okay, it's not a route I've been on at oh, all. it's so nice. Is it? I love the Ridgeway. It has a special place in my heart. They call it Britain's oldest road. So it's estimated that that route was walked for the last 5,000 years, okay. possibly more. So you're going along the ridge, the western part, and then it kind of drops down into woodlands and things. But yes. there's so many ancient sites, whether it's the Stone Circle of Avebury or um, Wayland Smithy, which is a long barrow. Mm -hmm hill forts all along the way. Oh gosh, okay. It's really, it just feels like you're walking through ancient land where people have lived for thousands of years and it's just, oh, it just feels very magical. <laughs> yeah, I find it quite fascinating when I talk to some people about walking and <laughs> where they walk, Yeah. particularly when they're walking by themselves. Yeah. And that some places they go into, whether it's um, a wood or a forest or somewhere, where suddenly they feel totally spooked oh yes and they feel the energy that that is actually not yeah a good energy yeah yeah and do you find that at all have you experienced that and felt that you've got to get out of here it's not it's yeah. not where i'm meant to be interestingly yes but i don't think it was necessarily that i wasn't meant to be there i think it's just something showed up that i couldn't see and it freaked me out 
Um, and that's, that's a story that's in my book, if trees could talk, because I was visiting one of the trees for the book and, and it was just absolutely gorgeous. I was deep in um, Savernic Forest with this tree called King of Limbs, with this ancient, ancient oak, and it was just yeah. gorgeous. And I was so enjoying it. And I was in the middle of nowhere. I hadn't seen another person for a couple of hours. Totally just enjoying the experience. And then all of a sudden, it was like the energy shifted and it freaked me out. And I actually stood up and I did a full circle around the tree to see who was there, but I couldn't. Yes. It wasn't a physical being. It just really creeped me out. And yeah. I just felt like, I don't know what this is. I don't understand it, but I think I'll go. Right. But I was navigating using my phone, using the OS maps on my phone. Yes. And I clicked on my phone and it had about 40% battery. When I came to that site, it went to zero. It went from 40% to zero. And of course that freaked me out even more. Yeah, I was yeah. like, it was fine. I haven't had problems with my battery. And so I just hightailed it out of it and I ended up finding my way back. But yeah. But it, it's instinct as yes, well, that yes. just whatever it is. Yeah. And, and this is, I think, what I was saying to you the other day when I mm. was chatting to you about instinct. Sometimes yes. you don't know why. Yeah, yeah. But your instinct says mm, yeah. you, you, you shouldn't be here <laughs> yeah. or it's time to go. Yeah. And you, even though it, it may be perfectly fine, but yeah. you just remove yourself because yes. your instinct's telling yes. you something different. Yes. And you can fight your instinct. And quite often if you do, something happens. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, but conversely, there are certain places where the first time I've gone there, I felt like such a strong connection to the place. And I just find myself going back and going back and going back. And, and also, you know, I don't Oops. really understand that. I just find myself being drawn to certain places. So, yes. Um, so the North Downs Way continues that way. I okay. need to get back on the other side of here. It's a little pirouette around. Um, um, so, so when I was walking the Ridgeway the first time, I visited West Kennet Longbarrow, mm -hmm. which is of course an ancient tomb. So I think it's 5,500 years old. And the second I walked in there, because it's been kind of restored and you can go inside the chambers, and I just felt like, oh, there's something special here. You know, yeah. I don't know what it is. This is a tomb, you know, dead people were buried here. I don't understand it, but I love this place. And I wow. found myself going back over and over and over again. Interesting. So. And the tree where you were freaked out. Yes. <laughs> have you actually gone back yes. there since you have? I have. And have you gone, the first time you went back, did you go back slightly nervously? Or did you go back just with a very positive energy saying that was then and this is now. Yeah, so I had the very clear sensation that it wasn't the place that had something off about it. It was something that had showed up yeah. energetically. And so I knew it was kind of that thing at that place at that time. Yes. It was near Samhain, which is when the energies, the veil is supposed to be thin between the worlds. So you can sometimes sense things that you wouldn't at other times of the year. Yes. So when I returned, it was just a random time of the year. Talked to the tree about it and the tree was like, yes, you're right. Something showed up. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a bad thing. It wasn't dangerous. But you had never experienced this before, and that's why you were scared. Okay. And it said you could have stayed, and it would have been fine. Yes. But also you were fine leaving, so. Yeah, yes, yes. I was reading just yesterday, by pure chance, I don't even know why I ended up reading about it. Um, Apophis is a meteorite. Sorry, listeners, I meant to say asteroid, not meteorite. Mm -hmm. that was supposed to have, you know, basically 
smashed Earth apart, but is uh, is now been shown that it's on a different trajectory. But it's Ooh. going to become a, it's going to actually come very very close to Earth in Ooh. 2029. Oh. And I wonder with these kind of happenings, yeah, does that have an effect on you? Are you aware of it, or does it just? I mean, obviously you're not aware of this because I was yeah, <laughs> just yeah. talking. But, but um, when you're made aware of something yeah. like that, do you prepare for that in Ooh. some way? Well, now I want to go home and research this thing. <laughs> um, I feel very connected to Earth energies. Mm -hmm. And so I feel kind of very connected to what's going on here. Yes. And I'm very much fascinated by other planets and things out in space, but I don't, I don't know much about it and I don't research it very much. So I find it interesting, but it's not something that I'm consciously aware of. Sure. Um, Are you influenced by the cycle of the moon, for example? Yeah. And like, the, like yeah. the big moons and the... I'm sure I am, but it's not something I've ever paid attention to. Okay. Um, it's almost something that I, I, like whenever it comes up in conversation, I think, oh yes, I'd like to pay attention to that, but I don't. So probably I am, but I don't know how, because I don't, it's not something that I kind of chart and keep track of. And yes, yes. There's only so much you can. Yeah. <laughs> you never do anything, would you? Yeah. <laughs> so as well as the trees, yes. your connection to plants and flowers. Mm. I mean, yeah. obviously we all have a connection. Yeah. Not, well, maybe we don't, but I feel I do to, to plants and flowers, to, to texture, to color, to smell. Yes. Yeah, basically, they all heighten your, your senses one yep. way or another. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how, in the way you view and observe plants and flowers mm. in relation to how you observe and, and feel the, the energy from trees, mm. does it differ and how? That's a really good question. And I think it does differ. I think each species is different. Um, so a couple of years ago, I did a plant spirit healing apprenticeship. So working with the spirits of plants for healing rather than the actual physical parts of plants. Okay. Um, so that was when I kind of stepped up my plant communication um, rather than just tree communication. And I really got this distinct sense that you know, different plants are here to help us with different things, spiritually as well as physically. Yes. So... For example? So, for example, uh, lavender is very much about helping you connect with self-love and self-care and, and helping you to improve your relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, rose is very much about all kinds of relationships. Yes. Um, Tulsi, which is the holy basil, is good for uh, working with past lives, soul contracts, that kind of thing. So, yeah, they so all kind of have their, their special healing topic. And does that influence what you plant in your garden? <laughs> um, I have a very small garden. It doesn't get as much sunshine as I would need to plant <laughs> all the things I want to plant. Uh, it does a little bit, yes. So if you could only plant ten, or maybe Ooh. let's go five, okay. five plants, what would they be oh. for you, which would give you...? Definitely lavender. Mm -hmm. Mugwort. I love mugwort. Of mm -hmm. course, we have that growing wild here, yes, but it's just yeah. a plant that I absolutely love. Yes. Um, Rose, definitely. Um, uh, which colour what, oh, and what type of rose? I have a rose in my garden now and it's yellow and I just love yellow roses because yes, they're so sunny. Yeah. Um, so that's three. Mm -hmm. See, my mind goes to trees now. Which okay, trees well you I could have? plant a tree. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Well, my three favourite trees are yew, oak and holly. Okay. So I'll take three trees. After your name. Times. Yes, <laughs> yes. Actually, did your parents name you holly for any particular reason? No. My mother just liked the name. Okay. Yes. So, so there's Nothing no, significant. <laughs> there's no connection between how you 
now view the world and life and wow. how they did? No, um, my father was very much into gardening. Mm -hmm. So he passed away when I was six, but he always had a vegetable garden. Mm. He had a line of roses every summer, tomatoes. And my grandmother was really into flower gardening. Yes. Um, that's probably where I got some of my love for plants from. Yes, it was probably within you. It's those yeah. first six years, isn't it? They yeah, say. yeah. It's entrenched. Yes. Within you. So, well, now it's opening out from. Yes, it these is. These are the old um, the teasels, or they're yes. called something else. Yes, they? yes. I love them. They're very yeah. um, sort of like architecture in the landscape. They are. They are. <laughs> they're nice, and they're quite tall. Some of them. Yes. We've got a nice view again. It's so quiet as well. So yeah. we must be. We're almost between. This is the North Downs, and then. What's over there? Is this all so natural that, trust? Uh, no, so we've got, these are private farms, and then up where, I can't really see the tower from this angle, so, but up on those hills yes. is all national trust again. You've got Leith Hill, which is oh, national trust yes, property. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know what time uh, sunset is tonight. Oh, that's so a very good question. Must be around, um, I think. Around four-ish. Do we do a, a complete cycle? Uh, no, I think we need to turn around and head back. <laughs> I don't know how far we've moved We've on, come we? a ways. Um, let's see, sunset. Yes, exactly four o'clock. Exactly four o'clock. Yes, so and it's time down Yeah, back. maybe we should head back down the path. Listeners, don't do what we just did. <laughs> and always know when sunset is yes. before you head home. <laughs> it's still quite high. The sun's still quite high in the yeah, sky. We'll so and okay. we're on a path. A bit of a, a muddy, sludgy one. Yeah. But so yeah. of all the all the questions that I've been asking you, is yeah. there anything that you feel I should have asked you and I haven't told that you would like to talk about? Um, no, I don't think so. I'm just, you know, I'm really excited about future adventures and there's just not enough time to do all the walks that I want to do and all the <laughs> runs that I want to do and the walking is very much something that you just want to do in this country or do you have no. the idea to do long distance walking mm. in in Europe and Spain I've Spain. been wanting to walk the Camino yes since 1996 Wow. When I first heard about it. And I've <laughs> not yet done it. <laughs> oh gosh. So <laughs> so it's yeah, it's, it's calling it's been to you. It's been calling to me for yeah. decades. Twenty five years. The moment will just come, won't it, when it I will feel so. right. I think so, so Adam says anyway. Yeah. I think I think it's been calling to me for years and there's gonna be a point where I just know it's time. I think the thing is that it's to have enough time to do it mm. in, in a one-hour. Yes, exactly. I don't want to do it in chunks. So I know she, who's done other other parts of Caminos <laughs> in one and two week periods, but, yeah. but I think the real one, either the, the Norte or the the, Fran the Camino Frances, yes. have to be done in a one-hour. Yeah, that's how I want to do it. So we shall see. Last year I had booked uh, to do the Camino Portugues and yes. uh, it was right before COVID. Yes. And I had to cancel because of COVID. So, yeah. so and then Steve I, and I walked part of it. Yes. Just before that all started in 2019. Yes. And then we did the second half this year. Yeah. How was that? For that, for, uh, just for, for the week from the Spanish border to, mm -hmm. um, Portuguese Spanish border to Santiago. to Santiago. And it was fine. It was, um, yeah, we had no problem getting into places, although people now are booking, yeah. which kind of defeats the whole. Yeah object of walking and just stopping when yeah. the moment is right but I think it's just this current period is making yeah. people more nervous okay. so we we just turned up a couple of times <laughs> but other times we did book and um but it was fine it was yeah. it was okay but interestingly the experience I expected to have arriving in Santiago Ooh. didn't happen really no um but two minutes later 
Um, these Italian guys came up to us and said, look, we've got um, a couple of mates who can't go on the roof walk. Oh. Would you like our tickets? Oh. Um, we just looked at them and we just arrived actually with our rucksacks and everything wow. and said, yes, we'd love to. <laughs> and um, so within five minutes of arriving in um, Santiago, we were on the roof of the cathedral. Oh, nice. And that... Yeah, that was going to hit was you. Was my magical moment. Oh. <laughs> Being a building surveyor, conservation. Yes. And you could see on top of there was the original stone pilgrim tub or bath. Oh, that wow. The pilgrims, when they arrived in Santiago, used to come up onto the roof oh. of the cathedral. It's always been open Ooh. to pilgrims. And it's like a it's stone-stepped mm -hmm. rooftop. And they used to basically strip their clothes off because they were stinking by yeah. that point. Yeah. And their clothes were burnt. And oh, then they wow. were given clean clothes. Oh, lovely. So that was really, yes. Oh, I like that. Yes. Although we didn't do that. <laughs> um, although probably they wanted us to do that. We yeah. just arrived. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else were clean. They weren't, it didn't even look like they were pilgrims. But we, oh, well. we had just arrived. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think it can be... It can be disappointing the end of a walk. Yes. You know, you've been walking towards this destination and then finally you get there and it's like you expect this epiphany and like fireworks in your yeah. head or something. And, and sometimes it's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, I've arrived. And it's That's like, an anticlimax. Exactly. And it's <laughs> like, you're so sad the journey's over, but yet so excited to. I don't know, it's, it's, it's like a roller coaster of emotions for me, and, yes. and most of them are not positive. <laughs> but I think it's probably because, I don't know, for me certainly when I'm walking, even though I tend to have a blank brain, <laughs> nothing going in there. Your meditation nothing go, Yes, I have sort of really lovely moments mm. on the way. Yeah. So it's, um, it's not that I'm just looking towards the end goal. Yeah, yeah. In fact, when you know the end is is arrive, is coming, you almost want to drag your feet yes, to just, yes, yes, yes. just to make it last a little <laughs> bit longer, you know? Yes, always. Um, except if it's pouring with rain, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> you're drenched. But I think that's why I need to walk the full Camino. Yeah. I have unfinished yeah. business with yeah. the Camino Trail. Mm. Um, also, I've never done a walk longer than one week. And I feel like... Like, I'm craving more. Yes. So next year, some friends and I, and this is going to be a really interesting experience because I've never done a long-distance trail with other people, but three friends and I are going to walk the coast-to-coast. Coast. Oh, brilliant. And we That's are going to backpack it. We're yes. going to wild camp and, you know, do, yes. do the whole experience. And which way are you going to walk from? So west to east. West to east, which yep. is the way I did it. And I did it quite a long time ago when Ooh. the trails weren't marked. Oh. And I walked with two friends we were all girls together and completely um is that uh, does it close oh yes no. it does oh because does it the spring other way. is it a spring thing oh, uh, yeah and we were hopeless at <laughs> map reading but luckily we did get too lost and, and, and it was the most incredible experience but you have to be prepared for the start which yeah. is a very steep yeah. in the lake district stunningly beautiful yeah but be prepared for your leg muscles to <laughs> ache like crazy Ooh. Um, but that had a lovely sense of leaving the coast, yeah. saying cheerio to the sea, yes. and then walking across basically the, yeah. the, the, uh, the girth of, of England, and then arriving at the sea. And that, that did feel yeah. very special, that suddenly that sense of one side to the other. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, oh, I look forward to hearing... 
know. how that goes. Well, I'm a bit nervous because I've never, like I said, I've never done this with other people. Like, what if it's hard? I mean, it's going to be challenging. But how do you deal with that when you're with other people, you know? Usually I can just have a cry to myself or complain <laughs> to myself. And You'll probably find that you'll some days just walk by yourself yeah. and then say, well, we'll meet at this point. Yeah. And then you'll, will you have your own tents? Yes, yes, yes. So you will get your own time yeah. when you're in yeah. your tent. <laughs> You'll be howling individually in your tents. Yes. Saying, I want to be by myself. What am I doing? What am I doing? Now, I think it's, it is a very different experience when you go with other people, but I think it's, a, you know, all adventure and I think all travel that one does, whether it's with people mm. or by yourself, it's a compromise. Yeah, yeah. You're even having to compromise with yourself quite often when you're walking, when you're yeah. doing things by yeah. yourself because yeah. your brain's saying one side's going you must do this and the other side's saying no I don't want to do that I want to do this <laughs> or you want to go on further and then your sensible brain's saying you should stop now yes and again it's all that compromise yeah yeah it is it's bar that bargaining with yourself it is just a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> but it is stunning going across across the Lake District and the Yorkshire yeah Yorkshire Moors and the Yorkshire Dales yeah I or haven't spent much time up north so I'm really looking forward to it feels so wild up there it is which you don't get down here I mean I love where I live I'm watch very out. grateful for all the trails down here but it just doesn't have that wild feeling to yes. it yes you have to um watch out for the um when the the low-flying RAF aircraft oh. go across the moors and they come so low literally the first time it happened you hear them coming and it's just oh, and it thunders the oh. whole ground kind of vibrates and I think I think we just all went to ground because <laughs> we weren't quite sure what was happening <laughs> they were probably just having fun with us probably three girls out across the moors and there was no one else around <laughs> that will be a fantastic walk to do yeah I'm very well, one of the Wainwright it. trails yes fungi oh yeah isn't that gorgeous wow look at the color it's I really it's really lovely it's like like a lemon a, yes like a lime limey center yeah. and yellow lemony very nice do you know what they are? It's a kind of bracket fungi, but I'm not sure which one. I just finished my, my seven-month ethnobotany course, and we did a day of fungi, but we only did kind of the basic bracket yes. fungi. Because you, you've done a bit of foraging as well. Is it foraging? Yeah, so that was part of the ethnobotany course. So we learned ethnobotany is the study of how humans use plants for different purposes. So we did foraging for eating, um, to create medicines, uh, to dye clothes, um, just all kinds of uses for plants yes so yeah it was really lovely we made baskets oh wow yeah and is it is it something that you would use when you go out camping would you have um, the um would you trust yourself no i don't think i could get enough calories in <laughs> no, it depends on the time of year but no i don't think i'd survive on just uh, foraging alone what do you actually take with you when you go walking um so i practice intermittent fasting Yes. So I, depending on what fasting regime I'm following, usually I'm doing uh, one meal a day. Yes. So I fast for 23 hours and I have one meal a day. Yes. Um, however, I cannot resist the full English breakfast. <laughs> um, and most places, like when you stay at a B&B, you've got the full English breakfast. So yes. I usually eat that and then I'll have dinner. Okay. And then nothing for lunch. Yes. And then when I'm camping, yeah, I kind of have maybe like lunch and dinner. I find it hard to get like enough calories in one meal when I'm camping. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it depends. Do you tend to take dried foods that you add water to, or how? Yeah. Or do you? T I do sometimes, or or if I'm car camping, I'll take cans. Yeah. Because um, you know I'm just going to a campsite and I'll mug them around. Yes. 
um, cheeses, like sausages, like dried sausages. Yes. Um, that kind of thing. Okay. So Holly, what do you camp in? I have a one-person tent. It's a Terra Nova laser expedition. I think it is one. Yeah, and it's really nice. It's got a big porch to put your backpack in. Yes. Um, and then the inside is just, it's very comfortable for me as a small five foot three human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and is it easy to put up? Oh yeah, yeah, I can get the whole thing set up in 10 minutes, including, you know, my bed and my everything. Okay, oh brilliant, yeah, that's it's really It's really easy to put together. And you have to peg it down, obviously. Yes, yes. But generally speaking, is it with the, the bendy pole thing? Or it's is with it... the bendy poles, and it's really stable. Like, I've read some reviews online that have said, oh, this is definitely not a winter tent. I disagree. And okay. it definitely won't hold up in the wind. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> I was, not last year, but the year before, I was on a camping trip with a friend. Watch out, this is And very... uh, she was in a really nice two-person Hilleberg tent, which is one of those really nice, expensive tents, and, and it kept blowing up. Oh, kept, like she kept getting out of her tent to like restake it and oh, it was no. blowing. Finally she left and went home at like five o'clock in the morning. Um, but my tent was fine. It's, it's a really low profile tent. You know, it flaps a little bit and makes a little bit of noise in the wind, but it was fine. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. fine. Okay, so sometimes expense doesn't equate to um, well, practicality. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really love this tent. Um, and I think it was, it was a big kind of a big investment for me when I first started camping because I wasn't sure like how much I was going to get into camping yes. um, but, but it was a very good investment okay. it served me well been on Gosh. many many trips bear that in mind when I eventually get around to camping one day <laughs> <laughs> well they make a two-person version okay um, yeah I really really like it I'm very happy with it I shall look it up anyway we're going in as we blunder through the mud <laughs> just as the sun is setting to the oak tree that Holly mentions in her book, If Trees Could Speak. Is that right? Did if I trees could talk. If trees could talk. <laughs> close, 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 close. And here it is. Yeah, so this is one of the trees. This is a tree that I've always really enjoyed. Oh, look, it's got a little pool of water. Oh. I just, it's a nice place to sit and rest when you're walking. And I don't know, I've just always had a really nice connection to this tree. So it, it kind of seemed natural that it would be in the book. Yes. And it has lovely big thick branches, yes. doesn't it? Yes. It feels like a grandpa, doesn't it? It does, it does. Yeah. This is not grandfather tree. There is an oak tree that way that's called grandfather tree. Mm -hmm. um, this one I think I, uh, we call Grandmore Oak. Because we're on Grandmore Common. Common. Oak. Yeah. So, yeah. And even with no leaves, well, there's a few yeah, hanging on. autumn leaves hanging on there. It feels like it's been here a long time. Yeah, it's nice. It's almost like I survey across my landscape. Yes. And it's got the valley below. Yes. The tree with a view. And I'm sure it has lots of stories to tell. I reckon many people have sat underneath yes. this tree. Because at, the, at its base, it almost has little seats to sit yes, on, it doesn't does, it? Yes, it does. I kind <laughs> of sit, sit in between the, the little root bulges. Yes. That's quite nice. Well, it's very nice to meet you, Mr. Tree, Mr. Oak Tree. Yeah, it's got a very thick, big trunk, isn't yeah. it? Like it's been, yeah. like it won't move, it's solid. Yeah, it's very solid. Hopefully it'll be here for many more years to come. Yeah. What would be your message to the tree tonight? Well, thank you for joining us on this podcast. It was great to have you in my book and great to have you here present with all of your listeners. Yes. <laughs> so if anybody's up at Denby... Denby's Hillside. Denby's Hillside. 
come and visit the oak tree that we're standing under at the moment. Maybe it'll be springtime by the time yeah. we get up here. So you come from the car park and hang a left and it's there. It's yeah, very easy to it. see on its own. It doesn't have yeah. any, any siblings or parents around it. Yeah. It's just solidly on its own. Fantastic, just a sunset. But we don't really have a sunset to uh, no, wow don't. about, yeah, do we? <laughs> no, it's gone down already. <laughs> yeah, the clouds are amassing. Probably, I think it's going to rain again tomorrow, sadly. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to rain for the next 10 days. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, well, we were lucky that we got the break in the, break yes. in the rain for this. Holly, it's been really interesting just learning a little bit more about your your life and and all the different things that you're doing and so many different skills to your yes. your hat <laughs> feathers to your bow yes <laughs> that's probably better feathers to, feathers to my hat strings to my bow, bow. Strings to your bow. <laughs> and who knows what skills you're going to be learning come yeah. 2022 Ooh. <laughs> we've only got one thing planned so we shall see yes keep us posted we'll do and if people want to know more about your books and where to buy them where to find out about your podcast because mm. you also have a podcast yes. into the woods yes it's called into the woods it's all about personal growth through outdoor adventures mm -hmm. and everything's on my website so it's hollywharton.com holly like the plant with a y and w-o-r-t-o-n.com dot com so it's yes. very simple and everything yes. is there and you're everything's on there. links to the books links to the podcast your blog facebook instagram yeah i'm on facebook instagram twitter everything's holly wharton okay that's perfect okay well i think unless you have anything else that you would like to mention <laughs> no thank you it's been lovely i really like this format of podcast <laughs> it's been really fun and we've been yeah. very lucky with the weather in yes. the end yes. when i thought we were going to have to abort the the podcast mission um but thank you so much for spending thank the you. afternoon yeah. taking me on a walk through the uh north downs way thank you for coming I managed to stay on my feet so far yeah we had some slips <laughs> we did keep us posted on what we'll you're do. up to and to all you podcast listeners out there i hope you have enjoyed our chat today and my chat with holly wharton if you have please do share with your friends if you could subscribe that would be fantastic and of course do keep in touch and give me a rating and all oh, the podcast the yeah. traveling through podcast a rating and review if you want to find out a bit more about what i'm up to go to travelingthrough.co.uk. we'll have another podcast coming out next week but for now take care and thanks for listening mm -hmm.